I'll tell you what you're hearing this week on It's Time for a Beer podcast. Sydney Swans champion, legend Josh Kennedy, captain. Played 250 games three times, all Australian, three times best and fairest winner. Gary Ayers, a medalist in 2016 for best player in the finals. Probably the year he should have won the Norm Smith in my eyes. It was an unbelievable performance. During the chat, we do it over Zoom. He's stuck in Joondal up. Internet speed out there, not great. Internet speed in Australia is not great. Ranked 43 in the world. Estonia is ranked number 42. If we can't get in front of Estonia for internet speed, God help us. Uh, during the chat, you might hear a bottle opening. That's just me leaving a name out of a conversation. A guy who took me and Joey to the cleaners as youngsters. Uh, unfortunately, it was a financial lesson that we learnt. It was a very tough lesson that we learnt. And he's a cockhead. But we can move on from that. Please, if you do get the opportunity to rate and review, five stars, good for the ego. The deal does still stand. If you do give me the five stars and I see you out, I'll buy you a beer. I'm going to have to stop sending nudes because I'm thinking about starting up my OnlyFans page, $4.90 a minute. So please, if you do want more details on my OnlyFans page uh, where I can give you the, the show... Uh, hit me up directly. But please sit back and enjoy an absolute champion of the game, a Sydney Swans legend, premiership player, Josh Kennedy. Kicks the fall forward. Well read by Kennedy. And Kennedy. Oh, that's a good name to kick the first goal. It's a good start for. That's a magnificent mark by Kennedy. Goes long. And mark taken in the end. Good mark it was. Almost directly in front. He converts the goal. Third. And there he is, the man for the moment. Kennedy puts it through. In comes Josh Kennedy. He kicks. And he goes. Can you believe it at the MCG? Committed to that pack off. Brilliant Kennedy. Got it down the goods. That makes up for it. Something out of nothing. Josh Kennedy. Kennedy. All right, it's time for a beer with Sydney Swans legend Josh Kennedy. G'day, Josh. How are you, mate? G'day, X. Good, mate. Bloody nice. It's been a while since I've had a, had a beer. I wouldn't mind one now, but uh just caught me at a bad time. Well, I need to ask, mate, how is the knee? Uh, it's come along really well, actually. Um, got back sort of doing low-level agility uh, a couple of days, uh, yesterday. Um, so hoping to do a bit of training next week and probably probably a couple of weeks away from playing. How, uh, how many weeks are you going to be in Perth for? We've got – I think we're here for another week and a half. Okay, so you might not even you, you might not even play in Perth. It's just the hub life. You just no, no I, I doubt I play in Perth. Yeah, right. So you're here on a holiday. Yes, yeah, pretty good one too. <laughs> hey, mate. Uh, before we do get going, um, your condolences too for the passing of, of your grandfather, John Kennedy Senior, who was an absolute legend. Uh, Ninety-one years old. I was lucky enough to meet him. You know, around and about at Waverley at times, and obviously the statue and stuffs there. How's all that settled down? You would have had a great um, time reminiscing about about your grandfather and, and the special times you had with him. Oh, just on a on a personal level, mate. Given the the circumstances and and um, the shutdown in Victoria, I haven't mm. really been able to see any family or anything like that. But uh, it was February, uh, and I was able to see him then. And probably, you know, part of me thought that it could have been the last time. Yep. Yeah, I, I never saw COVID coming, but um, you didn't, you know, didn't I'm glad read I was it. able to do that. Hey? You didn't predict COVID. <laughs> no, I didn't predict COVID. Yeah, right. Um, you know, he was pro- he was finding it pretty tough in his last twelve months, yeah. um, mate. And uh, I think all things being equal, he's he's in a happy place now. You know, I rest 
assured knowing that he's in a in a good place with with uh, his his wife. I still remember two our texts. I still remember two times where I stood injured out the back of Waverley. It was wet. It was cold. And your pop was just sitting out the back with his jacket on, just watching, casting an eye over, making sure everything was going going smoothly <laughs> down at Hawthorne. Can, can you remember any, did he ever give you any advice? I know obviously your dad played a lot of footy as well and you've got uh, football through your mum's side as well, but did you ever get any advice from your, um, from your grandfather? Mate, my advice, the advice from my grandfather was, uh, was always pretty simple. I, I wrote a little, uh, a little note um, which dad read out at the funeral actually and it was – a few, a few of his one-liners that he that he sort of he email me yeah. um, before a game, or he'd get uh, my auntie to send me a text, and it'd just be something as simple as Josh, you know, first of the ball on the weekend, intensity at training, or something like that. Yeah. And given the way that I play, it's always kept me in good stead. And he had a pretty pretty good way of sort of not overcomplicating things and and uh, making the focus pretty narrow, which was which was always good. It's funny, my old man would get me a te- give, like send me a text saying, "Did you get a game?" That was about that was about the extent of dad's <laughs> dad's footy knowledge and stuff. But actually, why I am I'm old man? I must say, he's not right about a lot of things in footy, but he was absolutely bang on about you. He said uh, when you went to Sydney, he was like, "Zave, I understand circumstances, but that's going to be a mistake." But also that year, he said he wasn't sure whether Buddy Franklin was going to be a good player. So. I mean, I, t- I, t- I, I pay that one to him, but I also think he might have missed the, the Buddy Franklin. He said the jury's still out on Buddy Franklin, so he's butchered that, but he got that one. How did he say that? Because I'm pretty sure that year um, he just nah, kicked 100 goals. No, nah, it might have been uh, – I think it might have been the yeah, yeah. year before, yeah. So I still re- – whatever comment Dad makes about footy, it could be the most accurate thing he's ever – the best call you've ever heard in football, I still just refer back to him being unsure whether Buddy Franklin was going to make it. So – um, you know, he, he, him saying you making it might have been a, a bit of a fluke, but mate, let's start at the very start, if possible. Uh, Xavier College boy, uh, Melbourne. Talk us through yeah. school. Was was footy? You're, you're a quite academic fella as well. Was school and footy pretty even, or was footy the the way you always wanted to go? Um, no, it never it never was uh, priority in the fact that I. I'd, I'd miss school or offered any concessions with with the academics, um, uh, and I guess from from my family, you know, one thing that my grandfather was onto me about was the 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 schooling side of things, always making sure that came first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did love uh, school footy, particularly, mate. Um, as you know, some of the best fun just playing footy uh, that that, you, that I've had um, in my life. Uh, yeah, the, at Zavs, playing the first eighteen was 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 awesome. So I did did really love it. The uh, I played Zavs once day one time, and you guys used to beat us all the time. Uh, I ran into, I ran into a big guy called Rushy once, uh, and he and he whacked me for six, and that ended me for the day. But uh, you've always been close with your Xavier boys, Xavier mates. Still, it's you know you've been in Sydney now for you know near a decade, but you've, you've always maintained a, a strong friendship with your schoolmates. Yeah, always. It's it's uh, it's been really beneficial for me for a number of reasons. But yeah, those you know, there's probably ten or twelve schoolmates that are really close. Uh, Joey Rush that you just mentioned actually sent me a message today, believe it or not, um, out of the blue. No, they've they've been really really good and the the sort of mates that can and uh, give you a bit of a pump up or boost you boost your self esteem when you need it, but also um, let you know if you get a bit of heady backward and coming forward when it gets to that stage. So you got mates that say nice things to you, mate. That, that's good because I, I most certainly don't. I get um, I get belittled, bullied, but there's not too many compliments coming my way from schoolmates. 
you drafted uh, father son to Hawthorne. Uh, was that an obvious, always going to happen, or were Hawthorne a little bit slow to the party, or were you uh, unsure whether you were going to go to Hawthorne? How, how did the father-son draft situation work? I had a really good footballing year in when I was 17, um, year 11. Uh, so I think the back end of that year, uh, I sort of knew, and they, I think they made the call halfway through to you know that the following year because I got injured at the start of the start of uh, my 18 year. Yep. Um, and didn't play really at all until the back end. So, but they, they the Hawks were good enough to sort of make the call early in the year. You know, sort of took a bit of pressure off and was able to focus on on the schooling for that year. How did you end up VCE wise? Did you get your marks? And because you, you went straight to uni as well, didn't you? I went straight to uni. Nothing special, mate. Yeah. Um, Mid eighties. Yeah, not 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 uh, the top top end like some others. So I, I went to uni as well, mate, straight away, and I've still got two subjects to go, or one and a half subjects to go. It's fourteen years into the three year degree. It's um, it's going. Like that. You go to Hawthorne, you play thirteen games. Did you just yeah, thirteen have, games? Have yeah. trouble getting involved? Uh, Brad Sewell, Mitchell Hodge at the time, Jordan Lewis, um, some of the names. Was it just a difficulty getting getting your foot in the door, really? Yeah, it's quite simply that that was it. Uh, those four were all sort of at the, the peak of their careers, uh, all similar positions. So mm. it was just a matter of opportunity, and they they were four pretty impressive guys to to learn my craft off anyway in those three mm. years. The I, I remember, and you, you probably don't remember this. I don't know. I've got one of those memories. I've got two memories of you when I think it might have been your final year. One game against Geelong, you handballed. Uh, instead of <laughs> kicking for goal. And I was like, yeah, maybe you lack confidence. And then we played a game of golf. Uh, it's like the golf course that goes along the freeway. Um, is it maybe even called the freeway golf course? Uh, in, Melbourne. in Melbourne. Yeah, in Melbourne. We had a hit of golf and you, you mentioned Sydney. And as we drove around, we virtually did like a SWOT analysis on, um, you know, Sydney v Hawthorne. Yeah, and- I remember that. No, thanks for bringing that Geelong game up. Well, I was actually talking about it the other day, yes. that handball. I thought it was – I've convinced myself that the handball was actually all right. I had to get the vision up um, and showed it to a few coaches and it was a shit handball. So. Oh, no. But, and I remember after the game, Clark was having a, you know, saying, Joe, you know, if you're ever in that position again, just have a bloody shot facing goal. So <laughs> we but, hadn't uh, it hurt at the time, but I think it – I think I learned from it. I, any anyone calling for it inside fifty from then on, I wasn't yeah. going to wasn't going to give the hands. <laughs> the SWOT analysis we did, which was virtually us sitting around talking shit, it was just so yeah. bleedingly obvious. Um, you know, the, the the players in front versus the opportunity at Sydney. It was a no brainer, and probably the handicap was the name Kennedy to leave Hawthorne was probably from the outside. If you, if your name was John Smith, it was just the most obvious thing to do, wasn't it? Yeah, I even even regardless of that, I think it was pretty it was pretty sort of obvious. Nonetheless, it was a tough decision because I I did love being at Hawthorne. Um, I, I, I loved the club at the time. Uh, I do remember talking. I think it was you and Campbell Brown and Monty Grant Birchall that were talking about it. And yeah, in the end of the day, mate, it was it was pretty. It was a bit of a no brainer. You know, I'm absolutely wrapped rap that I did it and I think the Hawks have done pretty well out of it as well. Everyone says that they, you know, if they had it again, they wouldn't do it, but um, they went on to win another three flags. Well, I was looking at the the trade. Pick 39 was Sam Grimley. I think Ben McGlynn, I read something that Ben McGlynn might have been involved as well. Was it a, a two for? Yeah. So, yeah. It was- so Benny McGlynn, um, so I, I, I sort of talked about it with Clark. I went over to his house and he sort of all knew it was happening and mm. 
I think he was pretty happy for me to go, to be honest. Glenn sort of came out of left field and he wasn't too happy about that. He he was, uh, oh, he was fuming with, with Benny at the time or just the fact that they, you know, the Hawks had lost Benny yeah. Glenn because he was such a, uh, an important player to the team. So I'm not exactly sure what, yeah, if you've done the maths, I actually wouldn't mind knowing what the... Well, it's, it's bloody, it, it, it's obvious that Sydney win, but... Uh, pick 39 was Sam Grimley, who I was texting today, and he said to say hello, and he reckons his career via yours could possibly be head-to-head. But So it was Sam Grimley, <laughs> uh, pick 46, which became Ben Stratton, pick 70, which it. was uh, Matt Suckling. I think Matt Suckling might have been when he was elevated. No, Matt Suckling was already – Matt Suckling was already – Must have been when he, was, when he was rookie to – uh, senior right. list, senior list. So yeah, right. Uh, and that that Matt Suckling, I don't even remember uh, APS football. There was a Matt Suckling that played, I reckon, at Carey. Yeah. And they, um, when they read Matt Suckling out at the draft, they actually read the wrong numbers out. So you know when they read player four nine six three oh, seven, no. Matt Suckling. Yeah. They read Matt Suckling the wrong Matt Suckling. So he's got his buddy family over, and he's having champagne and. You know, it's confetti's in the air. Oh, no. And the footy club had to ring and say, uh, apologies, Matt Suckling, but we've just literally upgraded Matt Suckling rookie. Can you remember the deal going to Sydney? Was, so when I went to West Coast, it was 100 grand. And I was like, Jesus Christ. It wouldn't have been a big financial move. It was just opportunity, wouldn't have it been? Uh, it was a bit of both, to be honest. Like, yeah, I was right. pretty – I think it was like 150. Yeah, okay. Um, yep. The start, so it was like 150 for, for the first year and up a little bit and yeah. all the things in – Bells and whistles that go into a contract, but it was a three-year contract. It was a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, it was a, it was a no-brainer. But it, it was more, yeah, it was more the fact that you know there, you know, I met with Rusey and, and uh, George Stone, and he sort of said, "Look, we've got, we think we got a spot for you. We want to, we'll back you in. It's yours. You know, you'll either play your way in or play your way out." And yeah. then that was supported with the con with the contract. Yeah. Um, which again, I was I was quite overwhelmed. On the flip side, Hawthorns, you know, Clarko was great. I, I, he was fantastic and mm. honest, and his sentiments were also sort of backed up by, by yeah. the contract as well. So. You and I did business once as eighteen-year-olds, and we—I um, still remember the day we had a meeting at our manager's office, and we signed reflections <laughs> for seven years. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, that's right. We thought we'd going to shut gold. <laughs> and I still—what was that, that guy's name? With a, with a list. And I still remember you walking out going, uh, so we'd signed it, we thought we hit gold, and then we had a catch-up when the shit hit the fan. And Mind I remember, you, it was like, it was it was in conflict with all advice from my um, oh, accountant and any, any, anyone, any family member. Oh, mate, you and I both, my old man, because we invested in overseas markets, and my old man goes, ask the bloke whether he knows who's running those countries. If he can list all seven, go. If he can't, move. And, of course, he didn't know anything. But I remember you walking out going the second time when shit hit the fan going, X. I fucking knew we shouldn't have trusted a bloke with a lisp. <laughs> I just still remember it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh probably a good one to learn early. I, I would have thought. Oh, um, mate, what you know? Maybe I would. If I, I wish I could have it again, it certainly was a regret. Yeah, even though no regrets, but <laughs> one of one of the moments when they go, "Do you invest in the markets?" I'm like, "No, not anymore. I'm pretty keen just just avoiding anything else ever again." <laughs> hey, uh, so you shoot to Sydney. Um, and as you said, you, you, you weren't guaranteed a spot, but they backed you in uh, wholeheartedly. Your form took off. Uh, I was looking, you know, your best and fairest one, three of them, uh, three All-Australians, third in the Brownlow twice. What, what do you put it down to? Is it, is it something you can define or is it just opportunity, confidence um, and away you went? Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, 
opportunity number one, confidence uh, number two. I always felt like I could play, and you sort of see other players in, that yeah. you get drafted with. I probably what I, you know in hindsight probably what cost me is I didn't when I was injured in in my final year of school. I didn't do anything in terms of rehab or yeah. fitness or anything, so I was a long way back. And then just started playing again, and and didn't play very well at all. Yeah. Um, and maybe just that just set me back a little bit. But I, I felt like I, I could play. But certainly the, the confidence instilled by the, the coaching staff and the, the teammates and everything like that. And you just, I don't know, just week by week, you just sort of tick them off and you get better and, and the belief grows a little bit more. Uh, and, um, you know, I think my first, my best games in my first year, my best two games were the two finals at the end of the year, yeah. the Swans. Um, so that catapulted me into the following year and, and so on and so forth. What What is the Bloods culture now? For mine, I, we used to have trouble playing at Sydney every time we played them and they were just tough. And that was – from the outside, I go, oh, the Bloods culture is they're just bloody tough. What is the Bloods culture that um, we hear about on TV? From the outside, uh, it was literally just – sometimes they weren't the most skilled team, but they just were bloody hard and it, you knew you had a battle regardless of what – what you're coming up against? Um, oh, gee, it's t- it's so I don't. It's a tough one to um, put into words or yeah. so uh, so in, in, untangible. But uh, for me, it was if I talk about when I first got there. Um, number one, I'm a, I'm you know I've come moved out of home for the first time. I was 21, moved up to Sydney, hadn't been to Sydney before. Got to the footy club. I'm living with two other players. Uh, most of the players there were from interstate, mm-hmm. living in the housing system. So everything you're doing is together. The the, the training and everything like that was was uh, was tough. Um, you know, most of us being from interstate and and relying on each other for for you know everything when it when it, and relying on the club for for most things with mm-hmm. regards to support in the city. Um, and you you pretty quickly build that bond. And you, you know, I see it now with a lot of our younger players at the moment. They're all there's so many of them now, and they're all sort of living together and spending so much time together, and they're really, really close. I think that's that's the main yeah. thing. Who, who grabbed you? Who, who was the? You know, you, you're 21, so you still were uh, probably um, handed a mentor. Essentially, I think a lot of clubs um, do mentoring. Sort of, who had you? Was it like a Jude Bolton or someone? Uh, Jude Bolton was my was my. Um, official mentor in my, yep. my first year. I always said I made it pretty easy for him. But uh, <laughs> I reckon the first day I walked in, I, I ran into Nick Malcheski um, yep. in the in the reception. Um, just took me under his wing and uh, yeah, we went for coffees, played golf. Um, you know, he lived down the road. We, uh, we did everything together. Are you still playing golf? Uh, mate, well, since the two tin leads have arrived, it's been few and far between. But now we're staying, we're staying at the Joondalup. Uh, resort in here in Perth, so I'm I'm picking it back up again. Getting hey. in, a, you know, fourteen to eighteen holes a day. It's great. Hey. So you're allowed out to have a hit. Well, if we've got a nine hole, yeah, uh, course, yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, you mentioned Tin Lids. We'll, we'll get to them because I think a lot of people love to hear. <laughs> well, they love to hear like I don't know the, the normal side, the normality behind the people who, are, who they see and support on on the weekends. But how have you found being a dad? Oh, awesome. Uh, absolutely loved it. You know, when Anna got pregnant, it wasn't exactly uh, planned. It was a little bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I've so been there. <laughs> yeah, flipped things. You know, flipped our life on its on its head. 
but we roll with the punches and it's it's just been awesome, mate. Um, the worst thing about this year for me is not being able to have him, you know, in, in the footy club mm. uh, and in the rooms and now he's a Bella. She's nearly one and a half um, and walking, you know, just seeing them in, interact with the, the players and, you know, he got to run out for my 200th game a few years ago and he missed a 250 this year, which he doesn't know, but he'd be super flat about. Um, <laughs> But all that sort of stuff, you know, it's it's just awesome. Mate, the, uh, we'll move to the 2012 uh, Premiership and it breaks my heart talking about it. So if you remind, if you, I remind you just to remain modest at all times. But uh, with the flag, so you're against your old mob. Was that the cherry on top? Because by that stage you were playing incredible football. You had 26 and kick two, arguably Norm Smith again. Um, well, not again. I think you should have been Norm Smith in 16. But... Uh, the 2012 Grand Final, describe the day for us. Your pop was yeah. was was still probably, I think, had the brown and gold on. Um, yeah, he did, actually. He was, yeah. he was on the ground. Uh, he, <laughs> he walked out uh, with Bobby Skilton with yeah. the cup. He was on. He was in the Hawks camp, um, which was pretty funny. Yeah, all the fam were there. And, mate, it was, it's an awesome day. Obviously, you, you, you'd been there and I was in the stands watching you in 2008 and just remember feeling so... Envious of, of you guys, mm. then you know you couldn't even you couldn't describe the feeling. I think like yeah, on cloud nine, um, and I remember just feeling so grateful for for uh, all my mates. Um, you know, when you're doing the walk in the boundary and you yeah. see a few faces that you know, yeah. schoolmates or friends, and it's just bloody unbelievable. And then uh, the family up the top and seeing them in the rooms after the game. You know, I know how much it meant to to mum and dad. I, I think I, you know, dad even said I think. Uh, on open mic, Dad, he played in four premierships for the Hawks. Yeah, but uh, his best footy memory was watching that grand final. Um, so for me, you know, that's that was, you know, it was as much about that as as anything else. So it was really, really special. But but in terms of the lead up, I can't remember too much. I remember getting having a going and having a uh, doing the parade. Yep. Um, the day before, the Friday before, and and uh, and then going and sitting in a cafe with my my schoolmates. And that became a bit of a tradition then from 2012 yeah. and 14 and 16. Yeah, someone we, we dealt with, uh, Jay, uh, Joey at uh, Hawthorne, who was probably a mentor to us and he was a bit of a wildcat brownie. Pre-2008 grand final, I remember this conversation. He goes, Dave, we'll beat Geelong. So at about the 25, 26-minute mark, position yourself for when the siren goes – you want to hug your best mate. You don't want to go. You don't want your photo that's going to go on the wall hugging someone that you had a Barney with in you know training or someone you didn't like. So position yourself. It's so important who you hug for the first photo. Do you remember when the siren went in 2012? Who you embraced, mate? I do. Uh, I was sort of. I was sort of on my own. The closest person was Goodsy. Oh yeah, um, nice. And he sort of went up. That's a famous photo. And he dropped to his knees. Yeah. And then I was the I was the first person there, but. No, I didn't make any of those photos, unfortunately. It was just clever, him on his own. Clever, though. I'm sure, <laughs> we can get some, closer. I'm sure we can get some vision of that. Why, why you mentioned Goodsy? How, how's your relationship with Goodsy? Is he around Sydney? Has he sort of entered his way back into footy with you guys, who he obviously loves and trusts? Uh, he's still in Sydney. He lives in Sydney in Bondi um, with his wife and, and daughter, Adelaide. Um, so I see him a little bit around there. I uh, don't see him too much around the footy club, but he yeah. is there. You know, they roll the red carpet out for him each time he 
Oh, of course. He steps going into the FCG. The um, I was unfortunately I don't know if you played or whether you were injured or not when uh, Goodsy came to when you guys came to Subi, uh, and that was probably the the cherry on top in terms of uh, the booing that was going on. Uh, and I remember post game texting my brother because I played on Goodsy that day for a fair bit of the time uh, when he was half forward and I was half back. And I texted my brother saying uh, and not realizing the um, size of what had gone on, I said no. I just wish I'd thrown my arm around Goodsy. I really wish I did. And my little brother wrote back, yeah, mate, it was fucking soft by me. And I was like, and he watched it and thought, this is this is ridiculous is going on. But I didn't realise the enormity of what was happening. As a playing group, did you realise the pressure that Goodsy was under? Oh, gee, it's a good question. I think, you know, when you look back and, and when we look back as a team and the way that he carried himself, it was seemed almost bulletproof. Uh, and... Like nothing, nothing seemed to have to affect him too much. Um, so, yeah, I think looking back, you know, we were, I think we wish we 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 could have done a bit more, a lot yeah. more probably. Yeah. Uh, to support him and 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 um, you know, you know, when I think it was that game that Jets sparked up, and yeah. or it might have been another one. Jets no, no, sparked it up. And, it was that one. Yeah. It was that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a few more of us did, did do a bit more of that. Um, get right around him and. And show our support uh, again. Probably, probably a little uh, regret on on mine our behalf. I think we could have done a, a little bit more. Obviously, Sydney, you, you see him every day, and you're his best mates. But in terms of an icon in the AFL, uh, Adam Goods, I think the whole playing group could have done a hell of a lot more. And I think when they did, it was probably too late. But but hopefully for for Goodsy, his legacy is as good as it gets and hopefully it's it's, uh, it's changed for, for everyone and, and heads in the right direction and unfortunately he was the one that probably had to wear the brunt of it. But uh, it's good to hear that he's still in Sydney. We had one night out in Sydney where we couldn't get into a nightclub and it was me and the idiot Grant Birchall. I had a broken arm and uh, plaster up to my elbow and Birch was – well, both sideways – Adam Goods hadn't met him, hadn't spent any time with him, obviously spoken to him on the footy field, saw us two idiots walking around like blind dingbats and he, w- he came out from the pub, grabbed us, put us in. He didn't want to speak to us. You know, he didn't want to hassle or, you know, but got us in, got us comfy and then away we went. So that was my experience with Goods here. And I was like, he just did not need yeah. to do that. He could have left us in the street, um, you know, like two blind mice, but his ability to grab us and, and welcome us to Sydney was, was incredible. Yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't surprise me at all. That sort of sums him up yeah. in, a, in a way. Hey, mate, you, yeah. you won the Garriers medal, which I had no idea what that was until I Googled it. It's the player of the finals in 2016. <laughs> I went through your grand final history. You, you averaged about 30, 30 and nearly 32 goals in your, in your grand finals that you played in. 2016, we spoke about 2012. 2016, is that the one that got away? Is that the one that you think about the most? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, is is that the best? Uh, is that one of the best games of footy you've ever played? Uh, personally, it'd yeah. be up there, um, yeah. no doubt about it. But uh, not not it's not the one that got away because of a because any personal reason. It was just the one that got away because I felt because we were such a yeah. strong team. Yeah, um, you know, and I look back now at that team that that we had at the time. It was pretty. It was pretty strong. So yeah, you know. It's funny. And it's, it's, it's what it, it is what it is. And those, yeah. unfortunately, that's just going to burn forever, I think. It's funny. And you'll probably um, feel completely differently. But a similar feeling to what I felt in 2012. I thought like, oh, we had such a good team. How, how did we not walk away with the trophy? Even though I was such a small part player, I was just like, how did Hodgie not win me a flag? I'm spewing. But 2016, you guys are obviously the, the cherry on top. But you had 34-3 and three that day. 
Do you, and this is a tough one, and I, personally you should have won the Norm Smith. You're the best, best player on the ground by so far. Do you think it's a, no? And, and do you think it's an award that should go to a winning team? And, and take your own personal experiences out. It was so obvious that you were the best player on the ground that day. Is it an award that the winning team should only win? Um, oh, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. Um, I think if you're the, if you're the clear, like Gary Ablett in '89, um, <laughs> nine goals. <laughs> I mean, thirty-four um, in school, but it's no nine goals. All right, Gaz, Gaz, Gaz gets the tick. You, we, we yeah, that's them. right. Okay. I think, generally speaking, I think you've got to do something really, really special to, okay. to win it in the losing side, unless, it, unless it's by a point or something like that. Yep. You know, we lost by probably three goals. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like, a, a, you know, I felt like um, Hannison or, or Boyd, but I'm, I'm happy that it went to a Bulldogs player. That okay. was a better team on the day. No, no, fair call. And uh, that's the answer I kind of expected from you. I would have said I was fair. <laughs> hey, all right, mate. Now, I want to talk about your personal life a bit. You go to Sydney, uh, I'd imagine having spent time with you, being a Xavier College boy, then straight – you wouldn't have known anyone in Sydney really, like part maybe a scattering of a couple of people, but you go up there without uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, met much ammo in the gun. You end up marrying a Colombian girl. How in the dickens does yep. that happen? When I'd been in Sydney, that was my fourth year up there yeah. when I met Anna. Yeah. How did that happen? No, that well, I just moved to Bondi. Yeah, um, nice move. Just moved to Bondi Beach with Mummy. Mummy just bought a place there, uh, close to the beach, and you know I thought I was heading into the thick of it, mate. But I reckon I was I was there for two weeks and, and met Anna, uh, and uh, down at Bronte Beach. Yeah, the rest was history. So the rest is history. But I'm not going to let history lie. I, I believe you might have been um, fraternising during an, an official duty with the AFL or with the Sydney Swans. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not sure whether it was the – I think it was the AFL sort of um, – the AFL campaign yep. involving the Sydney Swans about, you know, how good's AFL up in Sydney. So we're doing a, we're doing a um, video com- a commercial for the, for the AFL about recovery down at Bronte Beach and yeah. it was a nice day and they uh, hired a few three, – three girls to come and, you know, lie on the sand and <laughs> – yeah, that was part of the, the enticement of coming up to Sydney, which I absolutely endorse. Um, and uh, and it was, Anna was one of them. So with the help of uh, Mitch Morton and Ted Richards, um, there was probably 15 guys. I felt like I had most of them covered. Uh, <laughs> but um, nonetheless, I, with the help of Mitch Morton, he, he broke the ice. He was he went up to Anna and started talking and I was, I was the next one in line. Um, and I we... I was in a car with Teddy. I was driving car with Teddy and, and Mordo and after a few minutes of conversation, Anna lived in was living in Bondi and I was living in Bondi, so I asked if she wanted a lift, needed a lift home. And um, so Teddy and Mordo took the back seat and uh, yeah, kicked off from there. <laughs> Brilliant. And I watched something today on uh, I just Googled uh, you you and Anna and it uh, came up the first night you you met uh, had dinner together and you cooked a honey soy chicken a honey soy salmon. So I, Where do you get this from? I, I had two fillets of honey soy salmon. I had two fillets of salmon in my fridge and I went and made – I've got honey soy brewing in the fridge purely from yeah. your romantic first dinner. So after I'm finished speaking to you, I'm going to be on the hot plates cooking your first romantic dinner with your beautiful wife. Well, mate, I remember – yeah, it was a funny one. I'm not sure where you get your mail from. You mentioned being in a Hannah's or something. But uh, I, uh, I, was, I was texting mum – 
during the day asking how to, you know, for the how to make it and work, talking me through how to make it because I, I couldn't just serve up, you know, a salad and, yeah. and steak or something. I wanted to do, do something a little bit different. But, it, you know, it came out just average. It was just bloody <laughs> salmon and a bit of sweet potato or something. I can't remember what else. I got a bottle of wine. I didn't have any wine glasses, so we're drinking wine out of water glasses or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a disaster. But, I, I, you know, I, in the end I must have done something right because, you know, it was, we, we took – it took off from there, but no, yeah. I think just the mere fact that I had a crack, mate. I had a crack and tried something a bit different. No, I, I love that. I mean, when you and I used to go get a beverage or two at um, 18 or 19, I've got a head like an oyster. You, you're some sort of Italian with a with a nice body and a good tan. <laughs> I, I was happy to buck in behind and I'm not surprised that the uh, you've now married a, a beautiful Colombian lady. H- how does that work? Because I've got um, oh, a bit of insight that when you first met uh, Anna's uh, – parents who don't speak a lot of English, you might have been coming yep. off a Vegas trip. Yeah, so we it was 2012. Um, I, we, I met Anna in January 2012 and, you know, we were done that year and hit it off and we were living together basically by the end of that year and um, I'd planned to go to LA and Vegas with Kieran Jack and Dan Hanabry. Um, <laughs> that sounded like fun. And. Yeah, and that was after the grand final. So yeah. we, you know, it was absolute. I was, I couldn't have been on top of the world. More, 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 yeah, on top of the world. Just thinking, I'm, I, I couldn't do anything wrong. Um, I'd uh, thought I'd made it. You know, gone from winning a premiership that week was unbelievable. Then over to LA and 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 Vegas with those guys and had an absolute awesome time. Just <laughs> some great memories. Um, Medellin and arrived in Medellin, and uh, it was a pretty. Quick reality check, mate. I I uh, arrived there, couldn't speak obviously any any Spanish. Um, no one had a clue about AF. No one knew what AFL footy was, um, <laughs> let alone a, let alone a premiership. Um, so I was just trying to navigate my way through that. Uh, I think I had lost my voice too, to be honest. So mm. it wasn't um, it was a bit of a I came crashing down to earth pretty quick. Um, which probably wasn't a bad thing, to be honest. But, did, uh, do you know what yeah. the feedback was after the trip? Not not so much. What was the feedback from the parents? Uh, no, I think no. They they, yeah. they were uh, they were, yeah. I was very respectful, mate, and yeah. and um, pretty nice guy. They were, they were pretty happy. You know, there was probably still there was question marks whether or not you know Anna would even come back. You know, we made the call to come back, and again, the rest is history. The the rest is history now. I absolutely love the name of your son, Emilio. Now, we've got another one on the way, Joshy. Now, I threw out a name last night to my wife and she said, uh, nah, Zave, it's, um, it's not. It's, it's too out there. Now, Emilio is obviously a pretty common um, Colombian name or, or, yeah, Emilio is something yeah. that's, that's, yeah, South American sort of name. I, I just wish that I had some sort of flair to me where I could drop an Emilio in my family, <laughs> like – to picture you, as a, yeah, eighteen-year-old um, living in uh, Q, uh, no, not Q. What uh, off that? What was that road? You Glenferry Road used to live on? Uh, nah, to, Burke Road, like Burke Road, Burke Road, Road. Yeah, yeah, Burke Road yeah. to uh, Colombian ties with a son called Emilio. I'm so envious. <laughs> yeah, mate, it took me a bit of getting used to, to be honest. You know, yeah, to wind up marrying and and having a child with a Colombian. You know, when I first met Anna, I had to Google where that even was. And what language they spoke. So uh, it's certainly flipped my life on its head. And, and uh, yeah, Emilio, when Anna first 
floated the name, I was like, nah, nah, it's <laughs> not sure I like it, but yeah. uh, it grew on me. So Columbia, uh, we all, uh, yeah, us Westerners, picture Pablo. That's a, sort of the, the image that we get from the, the Netflix series and stuff. You've spent a lot of time yep. there. I remember I've seen your photos and stuff where you're on horseback and all that sort of stuff. What is Columbia like? <laughs> like, could, could you live in Columbia? I, I really love it there. Uh, whether or not I could live there, yeah. I'd love to spend, you know, a long period of time there for, the, for Anna and, and for the kids. Um, you know, we were there for three months uh, earlier or just before, you know, the back end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we were there for so long, Emilio went to – he ended up going to school. We got him into a little school, which, you know, the, the school bus came and picked him his, Oh, beautiful. Mind you, he was four, and the school bus came and picked him up from the apartment and took him to school and brought yeah. him home. It's great. It's a pretty good lifestyle. Um, yeah, the only thing stopping me would, would, would be the, uh, the language barrier and then, you know, what I'd, what I'd do for work and to keep, keep occupied. But uh, it is great. I, I, love, I love the fact that it's, it's so – different and you know there's a real there's a real sort of uh willingness determination to try and change the the image that you have of and most of us would have had with the with the escobar and the the narco series and all that sort of stuff and you know unfortunately that's how it is and and when you go there you just find that the 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 people there are really so friendly and warm and and welcoming and and intent on on changing that that image it's funny i think now you know it's becoming a lot more touristy and and a lot more people are going there. Mate, my sister, I've got a bit of a rogue um, sister who's my eldest sister who, you know, one of those girls who was an exchange student to Belgium at 13 or something for 12 months and, and literally yeah. works in Australia to live overseas. And she she did a, a long, long stint in Colombia. And I never really paid much attention. As you say, like, um, you know, the, the Netflix series or whatever is, is probably the image that's cast upon many. But I did Google today uh, Colombia and it's most famous for its emeralds. I, I, I saw that, but there was no real mention of um, anything other than being a you know a South American uh, South American country with five countries bordering it, forty five million. There was it was I only did a dig on the surface, but there was no mention of um, mischief or anything like that, which I thought was interesting because I honestly thought when I wrote in my Google entry, uh, Colombia, it would be you know Pablo and all that sort of stuff, but. It simply wasn't, and my sister lived there for a period of time, so I was um, I was surprised by that. Which, as you said, like you know, the image is changing. It's just it's just a matter of time. Is there is there a pull for Anna to go home? Uh, no, I think there's always going to be a little bit of pull yep. um, for her to go home. If you asked her, there's there's always that that feeling of of you know wanting to be around family and um, and and school friends and that she grew up with back there. Our kids have got great opportunity to be able to have family in Australia and family over there and, and uh, speak two languages and, and um, feel part of the, you know, the, the world more, more uh, globally than, than just from uh, the eastern, southeastern suburbs of Melbourne. So, um, you know, I, I try and look at it from that angle and, and think about the amazing life experiences that, that we're going to have uh, yeah. down the track with the family over there and the things that I've already been able to do even in the last sort of six years, having having the family there and, and as I said, the family and, and, and friends now that I'm, you know, the more times I go, the more I enjoy it because you're closer with people and, and uh, you get to know the place better, you get to know the people better yeah. and it's just great fun. Now, when you say uh, little Emilio was a, a, a potentially a surprise uh 
early days, our little Ted was a surprise uh, from Rwanda. So um, it was pretty easy to tell whether it was mine or not when you're in a, in a bunker in Rwanda. It's either ghostly pale or African. So the old surprises, they get you at the time. Hey, uh, when you were announced captain, I saw today, I was looking at highlights of you and there was one highlight where the Swans boys were huddled up and then you were sort of delivering a speech. I don't know if it was halftime or pre-game and you had the finger out and you're pointing and that sort of stuff. What, what are you delivering before a game? I, 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 I don't know, mate. It could have been anything. Do you get, no, no, um, but do you get nervous? Like for mine, I'd look at that and go, oh, I'm just nervous. What am I going to deliver? It's like public speaking in year five again. Like do you get nervous? Yeah. What, what sort of stuff are you putting out pre-game? Yeah. Well, I think, but like like public speaking, you know, the more you the more you do it, really, you're just reinforced trying to trying to uh, think of ways, you know, to motivate or keep it calm. I'm not I, I'm not sure I'm I'm the greatest at it, yeah. um, but I try my best. There was a, there's a name uh, sake of yours, Josh Kennedy, who I played with, who was lucky enough to be captain <laughs> one night at the MCG against Collingwood, and uh, he had to, usually Dan Cox delivered the, the speech um, when Darren Glass wasn't playing, but this night JK took over, and uh, the boys were in there, and we were a tight bunch, and um, JK starts pointing the finger, and he goes something like, "Tonight, boys, we've just got a fucking, I've lost it, boys." Hang on. Um, it's not, tonight, boys, we've just got to just just fu- uh, fuck, boys. Just go play footy. <laughs> he tried to razz us up like you've never seen before. How did you go in that game? Uh, no, we got rolled. Uh, did you? Oh. Yeah. Well, we, but we weren't very good that year. So it was, it was a good performance okay. at the G. Like we, we were super competitive. I think Collingwood got us late. Dane Swan kicked yeah. one out of his ass uh, and – he was on an unbelievable defender like me, so it must have been a good goal to yeah. win the match for him. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, I've got, I've had that. Those on a, a teammate of mine that did the same thing, oh. came back from the coin toss, and uh, and then just got in the huddle and completely froze. And then we ended up playing and winning in one of our best games. So, yeah, you, you think about it. That's why you, you sort of you over you overthink that it's going to have. You think it's going to have a huge impact on the game. <laughs> what you're saying that huddle, but really. It, it doesn't. Oh, mate, I could not. I can't even remember one speech I actually heard. That's only remember. That's the only speech I remember was Josh Kennedy delivering. <laughs> a, oh, fuck, boys, I've lost it. Go play. I've got one off the top here. Now, what's your favourite restaurant in Sydney? I'm going to go with Chiswick. All right, you're at Chiswick, and you can bring three of your past teammates to dinner. For a night, on the end of season, you've won the flag, you've won the Brownlow. Life's good. You've got three, three teammates to bring with you. Who are they and why? Three teammates at your favourite restaurant. You've just won everything. Who are they and why? Gee, that's such a hard question, mate. Um, Really hard. I could rattle off five pretty easy. Um, You're going to have to cut two, mate. Welcome to my life of getting delisted. (laughs) Yeah, Hannes. You know, we've been – yeah. We go way, way back. Good fun, um, good fun too. He knows how to have a good night, good fun, doesn't shut up. Great. Yeah, yeah. Hannah's um, probably, you know, on, on your initial uh, – no, I'll probably go Hannah's, uh, McGlynn, haven't seen him for a while, always yeah. pretty funny. Hannah's McGlynn McVeigh. Spike McVeigh. Uh, Spike, no, not Spike. What's Spike's nickname? Jared. Jared. Uh, Jared. What's his nickname? Jared so why does he get in? He, geez, he was a good footballer. Uh, no, he just—I I think that combination just would be bloody funny. 
Okay, I like it. Um, there'd be some honourable mentions, though. She's June Bolton, uh, Kieran Jack. Goodsy would have been um, – Goodsy's a stiff omission given, you know, he <laughs> he's he's one of the greats uh, for a night out um, and, and no trouble getting in anywhere. Um, <laughs> uh, so you pick your three. Another one from me. Come, this is coming through on the questions I've received. True or false, do you wax your backside? No. False. False. You, okay, someone stitched me up on that one, so you don't. What are you going to do when you finish playing footy? Is it going to be a coaching? I have before, you... actually. No, I have before, but okay. I don't. Okay, okay. so you've waxed your ass. Great. I'm, I thought we were getting somewhere there. And I, didn't think, I didn't think you were yeah. going to lie to me, mate. I thought you were going to come clean at some stage. Yeah, I have before. Uh, what are you doing when you're done, for, done with football? Uh, mate, it's a great question. Um, yeah, so, again, nothing nothing uh, absolutely set in stone, but uh, been doing a bit of work experience with a company, a fund manager in, in Sydney, Wilson Asset Management. Oh, nice. For the last sort of three years, uh, as well as um, a little bit, bit of stuff for a, a, one of a startup neo bank called Vault Bank. Um, oh, shit. Is about to go public to the market. You got, something, you got something for us? Um, Hey, you got something for us? Like a, 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 reflect, yeah, a, re- maybe, a reflection, maybe. a reflection yeah, yeah, opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, maybe. I'll let you know. I'll ring. Um, I'll ring our mate. Mate, you you don't have his number, surely. Oh no! You don't no. speak to him still, surely. No, no, no. I don't. This is this. I thought he went. I thought he went mi- missing. Missing. Yeah, he went missing. <laughs> he went missing. He went missing with our money. <laughs> he went oh, like even even when we were still in that fund, I thought he dis- I literally thought he disappeared. <laughs> he did disappear. Of course, I don't have his number. <laughs> oh goodness me! I still. Mate, I'm telling you, I need to do renovations on my place, and I'm not renovated. It's called it's Glenn's house here. It's not renovated because of me, our mate Glenn. But um, mate, your biggest spray you've ever have you ever copped a spray from horse? I think you've. Yeah, you know, almost finished top three. Oh yeah, shit, yeah. You you personally copped a couple. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can you remember one that really yep. sticks out? Oh, there's a few. Um, there's a few. Uh, last year was more review, like last year more in the reviews. Yep. Um, on the Monday, but game day, um, game day there was one against Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're playing Giants. Would have been in 2012, I reckon, yep. or like 2012, or and the door behind me and just went off for a few minutes. Um, basically, just telling, basically telling me that stop being, um, stop trying to get an easy kick. <laughs> yeah, overalls back on. It's it's funny. Um, it's funny. I've, just, I've I've got over the last decade, you're number one for tackles, clearances, and contested disposals. There's not too many easy kicks in there. That's why I thought you might have avoided the big sprays. But no, nah, you you were in the gun as well. Yeah, I, I was in the gun. Yeah, another one was against um against Gold Coast a couple of years ago, which we lost, but it was at half time. And yeah. She thought I was probably pulling my weight a bit, but I, I, the week before we'd played North Melbourne, and I hurt my back and yeah. didn't play and couldn't hardly move, and got a couple of jabs and ended up playing the following week. Yeah, yeah something about and I don't give a, I don't give a fuck about your back. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get out there, and I'm, I'm just going fuck, mate. Oh. But uh, no, he's he, yeah, he's had a. There's been a few, but. Uh, I've always felt like I've been able to respond pretty yeah. well to them. Not too far cut from the cloth of Elsa Clarkson. If if you attack the youngster or or the you know fifteenth to twenty second player, it's not going to get the team fired up. But when the captain and stuff is open to get hit, that's when I reckon it, it works well. When the 
when the leaders and the captains and the best players are to be whacked between the eyes, that's where I think it's um, oh, it goes through the team so much better. Yeah, thanks, horse. Good on you, mate. <laughs> hey, uh, last one, mate. And I uh, and I, and thank you very much for your time, mate. You've been absolutely wonderful. Sorry, I won't ask straight away. I was just thinking about my biggest spray I copped. We'd played Geelong. We'd been beaten down there. We had food poisoning. We had no one play, and we got beaten pretty heavily. I had stitches through my face everywhere. I got just got an elbow, a straight an accidental elbow. Anyway, I'm sitting there in the team meeting thinking, I'm, I'm safe. There's, there's nothing here that's going to affect me. Simo looks at me and goes, you know what, you are X? And I was like, what's that, Simo? He goes, you're a poor man's Jack Watts. And I was like, nothing against Jack Watts, but I was just like, mate, I fucking tried hard. Like, oh, maybe I'm just shit. Like, give me a crack. Give me a spell. Um Mate, how many, how, how many years have you got left, do you reckon, and Sydney at the moment, where do you see the Swannies? Um, oh, well, for me, yeah. uh, I am, I'm contracted for next year. Even with the knee, uh, you know, it's it's a contact injury. It's not a, it's not got nothing to do with age or soft tissues or anything like that. So I feel pretty strong. Um, the hunger's still there. Uh, the, the, with regards to the team, um, Gee, we, we've got we certainly got a fair bit of work to do. No doubt, doubt about that. Just trying to get the the consistency and 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 um, confidence in the game plan and the structure and into the team at the moment is is sort of the main thing. Um, and and playing the way with the same you know the, the right intensity and the manner that we want to play every week um, is really the focus at the moment. And and the, sort of the rest will take care of itself. But uh, yeah, no doubt got a bit of work to do. Um, on a team level, but but feel like the the core the core's there and, and it can happen pretty quickly. Last one, I'm just gonna <laughs> ask you I'm just gonna ask you, mate, fucking internet out Joondalup's no good for you. Can I just quickly ask you about uh, five players and just if you could just quickly associate a word with these young talented players, I, I believe they are. Uh, Isaac Heaney. Uh, elite. Yep. In everything he does. Yeah. He'll be a you know, he's, he's he just needs a good run at it. Um, and you know, I thought he showed at the start of this year. He's a bloody good player, and will be. Mills, leader, leadership. Yep. Now he'll be the, you know, he's part of the leadership group. He'll future probably captain. Uh, Rowbottom, hard. Two more quickly. Uh, Dawson. I've been surprised by Dawson this year, but I think he's got a, a super future. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, he's he's uh, he's got all the attributes. Great skills, overhead marking. Got a great tank. Um, yeah, I was, I, I was I was belittled last year, and don't get me wrong, I made a big call, and I was proven wrong. I said Alirali is going to be all Australian, and I put my money on it. Could he get to that level of an all Australian sort of defender? I think he definitely could. Yeah, um, no doubt about it. You know, set the foundations, and then and then go and run with it. All right, mate. Well. I've taken up your time for now. You're in WA. Um, I really appreciate you jumping on, mate. You've your record, and if you are sitting at home listening, have a look at the record. 250 games, third in the Brownlow twice. Did you ever think you were going to win the Brownlow quickly? No. No. Okay, nah. third in the Brownlow twice. Three All-Australians, three best and fairest, best finals player. Oh, when you left when you left Hawthorne, mate, I, you couldn't have wished for a better a better career. It's been uh, incredible to watch. I've absolutely bloody loved it and enjoyed as much, as envious as I am of how you've just shot through the through the hemisphere and it's been bloody good fun to watch. Congratulations and uh, good luck to the Sydney Swans, mate, for the for the future. Thanks, mate. I've uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking, uh, having been in lockdown with the 
the team. Um, it's good to, you know, get, get a bit of a different flavour, both at Hawthorne and Swans, and the the confidence and 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 F time that's been put into me. So very grateful for that, and uh, love the chat. Good on you, mate. Really appreciate it. No worries, brother.